from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back. It's Locked On Chiefs, and it is going to be a brand new month. We're past the uh, April Fool's Day kind of piece of it, but something definitely April Foolish. Something definitely April Fools ish happened on Monday. Uh, of course, after I had uh, just completed recording the intro for tomorrow's podcast for Tuesday's show. So uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Some happenings going on uh, in the pre-draft look. Uh, and our, our main conversation today is on the draft and what it's going to look like with Mahomes at the lead here. But uh, late this afternoon, um, after that had been recorded, the Chiefs went and did accomplish a trade. There was a lot of hubbub going on through the day about what was going on. And w- this is what it came down to. Um not exactly the big splash play that you were looking for. For those of you that were waiting on Frank Clark or something like that, uh, what the Chiefs did do is Brett Veach got with his old boss and put together a deal for Emmanuel Agba. Agba uh, is is a big power for three end. Uh, he's not overly athletic. Uh, I'll throw the link or, or I'll put a tweet out with his athleticism stuff. Not a guy that's going to bend the edge. It's not a replacement for D Ford. Uh, quite honestly, it's not anywhere near a replacement for anybody that they've let go. But he is another guy that can play in the base defense and can be part of a rotation to attack that quarterback from the edge, from the 4-3 power type edge rusher uh, in this 4-3 that Spagnuolo is going to run. Uh, the interesting part was, and this is what I like about it, uh, his fit is fine. I don't think he's a particularly impact player. I think that's why Cleveland wanted to move on without him. Um, and so I, I think he's going to be depth. And I think that's reinforced by the value that they got for him. Uh, and that is that the deal was Chiefs get uh, Agba and they send Eric Murray over to Dorsey and those Cleveland Browns. Um, Eric Murray clearly had not progressed to the point that everybody had hoped, uh, that I had hoped even. Um, I, I saw a lot of potential in him coming out. He hasn't made that transition to safety as well. But clearly, with what they're doing with Matthew and where they're going, he is expendable. They weren't going to keep him on the roster. So the interesting thing is that this appears to be a swap. As it's been reported right now as I'm recording, which is you know just as you all are getting ready to go home for the day on Monday, it appears that it is a straight swap for Murray going with uh, or across for Emmanuel Agba. Not not picks, not a whole lot of cost there. So this is a player that the Chiefs were looking at cutting. This is not something that was in the cards for him to remain on the roster. The, the writing's been on the wall, as we've talked about this offseason. So whether this pans out or not, very, very little cost. You didn't sacrifice any of your long-term plans. And this is a guy that the Browns wanted to move on from for quite a, a long time. Uh, and now you've gotten it done. And, uh, you know, I think he'll fit in. I think he can play the role that, that he, it is designed for in this defense under Steve Spagnuolo. And I think it's going to be interesting. But again, it is not, I don't think it's, it's a, a haymaker. I don't think it's going to have a huge impact. It's not like you're, you're getting a premier pass rusher. Um, but it's also not costing you anything. So this is a good move. This is something that you can go into camp. You're thickening up that edge defender category. And now it allows you, more versatility yet again to go after somebody uh, either at another position or at a different style of pass rush, which I still feel is is viable on third down in this league to have a speed rusher, which the Chiefs do not have at all in any shape or form right now. So um, that that changes the table going into the draft again, just as we're about to talk about here in a minute. 
Um, so there's your news break. I will try to have this up uh, right on time so you guys get it as soon as possible, right at uh, 7 Central. So that is the news of the day. Let's talk about what else was going on around the country. Uh, a lot of news going on. A couple of things very important to what's going on with this draft process. And that's what we're going to talk about in our main segment today. What does Pat Mahomes do to change what this entire organization can and is able to do in building their roster on both sides of the ball. We're going to get knee-deep into everything that Pat Mahomes has done to adjust what this team's going to look like in the future as they get ready for this draft. A couple of notes uh, coming at you before we get to that conversation, though. Uh, first and foremost, want to give everybody a shout-out. I've been doing all kinds of draft prep. Uh, the Rogue Analytics draft guide is almost ready. I've got all the athleticism cooking along. I uh, should be up here in the next week. I'm going to have a Discount code for you guys now and right now if you want to go over there and see last year's to get an idea what it's about, uh, it's up there for a buck, so check that at RogueAPC.com. But uh, as I'm taking a breath here, checked out uh, the iTunes reviews, and man, you guys have been cooking along. I want to give a shout out to a a bunch of folks that have left us reviews lately that I haven't been able to to mention. Um, And just going down the list, uh, OMG, it's Blake O, Dirty Dupe, Matt Masters, BA371, Bronimos, nice name, Big Red Arrowhead, Lep Girl, TW Garner 66, Corey Alliston, and Casey Kingdom Clark. Thank you all very much. Shout out to you for your reviews on iTunes. Appreciate all of your input, and I'm glad you guys are digging what we're doing for the most part. We're going to keep trying to get better, as we always do, and we're going to have a ton more for you. Uh, as the next couple of weeks, we're going to try to pull in as many outside contacts as we can, get a ton of perspective on where the Chiefs are going with this draft, because this is going to be a doozy. And a, a couple of notes from uh, early this week on Monday. First and foremost, um, found it very interesting. Uh, if you don't listen to, to uh, Stick to Football with Matt Miller, go check that out. Matt's been on the show a couple of times, and so has Connor. D- does a great job on that show. But they had an interesting piece where uh, McCole Hardman, the, the receiver from Georgia, when asked, you know, are there teams that either connected with or gave you kind of a hard time? The Chiefs ran him up and down, evidently. Um, gave him a tough time about what he did and didn't do on film, trying to run him through the gauntlet and get an idea of what that player can be uh, at the next level. And I don't think the Chiefs do that unless they have some kind of interest. So Hardman's somebody to keep an eye on in this upcoming draft. Um, they've been tied to him on, this is, I think, the third report that I've seen. So uh, just somebody to put in the back of your head as an option. Um, and another one that the Chiefs have been tied to by three or four different sources that I trust, that they are really hearing that their interest in Taylor Rapp from the University of Washington is for real. Now, <clears throat> UW's Pro Day was Monday, April 1st, and uh, it's it's late in the afternoon here as I'm telling you about it. And unfortunately, well, take it for what it is, uh, Rapp ran a, a 40 split. It's the only test that he didn't do at the combine, the 40-yard dash. Uh, and the inclusive 10 yard, obviously. It's, uh, it came in right in the low four sevens. Uh, not ideal for a, a safety, especially when you're looking really to get better at coverage overall. But, um, this is a guy that plays a lot faster on film. I mean, significantly faster. I'm pretty surprised by that. And he's got probably the best agility scores in this class of any DB. Uh, so it doesn't really equate to what we see on film. He's got a nose for the ball. He's a tough, aggressive guy, smart football player. So I think, honestly, it probably helps the Chiefs in that it probably lowers his value for a lot of teams out there looking to add some safety help. Now, he's not a guy that's going to play free. 
Um, but he is somebody that can play up near the box, in the middle, robber. If you like Matthew over the top, and maybe that's what Spagnuolo was thinking, that this he's still an option. And this gives the Chiefs a little breathing room that if they move back out of 29, possibly, Taylor Rapp's likely still going to be there. This score is going to drop him some. Uh, so really, while the rest of the league sees it as a disappointment, I think the Chiefs could see it as a big plus for what they're trying to do moving forward. So keep an eye on that, and I'll have the rest of the report as the, the rest of the numbers come out, and Taylor Rapp will definitely be in the Athletic Matrix draft guide, so keep an eye out for that. Hopefully I'll have it out by the beginning of next week. I will let you guys know as soon as I do. So thanks for that. So we'll take our first break, and then we'll come back and start talking about the Mahomes effect is what I'm going to call it. Now you can get Locked on Chiefs on the brand new podcasting app, Himalaya, as well as Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts and Spotify and all the normal places. We're here for you five days a week, all off season long with guests, analysis, film review, athleticism, my draft guide and all kinds of stuff from the Athletic and Chiefs Digest. Make sure you get subscribed today and you can do it over on the Himalaya podcasting app. All right. So we have an interesting topic that we're going to talk about right now. Uh, Ryan and I have kind of talked about this a little bit off the air, but we haven't really discussed it on the podcast, so we are going to discuss it now. Uh, we are still a couple of weeks away from the draft, uh, and with that, you look at what this roster is and how they're shaping the roster and who they're shaping the roster around. And one thing that needs to be understood by everybody is that this is a whole new ball game for the Chiefs. They've never been in a position where they've had a franchise quarterback before, and they are shaping the entire roster around him. Yeah, it's it's kind of a new day, you know. I mean, we saw <laughs> clearly you needed to upgrade the quarterback position, and obviously they they accomplished that. But now it's about rallying the whole fifty three man roster around that guy and not having such a a split um, offense to defense, right. And it's surrounding him with talent that he needs to be able to be successful, which means offensive line and pass catchers. But it's also surrounding him with defensive talent that can at least get the ball back for him or make stops in key situations. Uh, and I think that is what you're looking at with this Chiefs offseason, and that is why it is such a big offseason and, and they've made so many moves that people just don't understand is because they're looking at changing the culture completely and focusing on building the team around Patrick Mahomes. And it's, like I said, just a completely different ballgame. And I think you see that in the way they've gone about several things in the offseason, um, including this proposal. It has been tabled at the owners' meetings now. Um, looks like they'll retouch it uh, in May. Um, I don't know if they're investigating deeper or something, but that's what they usually do. Well, it also and sounds like they're asking Kansas City to take a little bit off of it because they asked for three different things in that in that proposal. Ah, so, and you know, whatever it is though, they're, they're clearly trying to make sure. Uh, and I don't blame them. I think, you know, fair is fair. Whether you like the college rule or not, I think giving both offenses an opportunity is important. Uh, I think that gives you the, the most level playing field to actually get a result. Uh, I have some theories about it myself, but I think before we get too deep in the weeds on that is the, the overall thing that the chiefs are doing is looking at, the central figure being this quarterback and how to go about designing your team on both sides of the ball to emphasize that. And I think that goes a long way in particularly shifting the focus on defense towards the secondary. And I really personally like the direction they're going because I've said for a long, 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 long time, the thing that I look for in DBs 
is the ability to affect the football, not just interceptions, but PBUs. Take the ball away, stop passes. That's your job. That allows you to get the ball back in the hands of your ace quarterback. Yeah, and you know one of the other owners' meeting uh, decisions that they made was going away from the fourth and fifteen rule that you could use one time a game instead of doing an onside kick, which to me I find funny because I thought that had a better chance of passing than the Chiefs' proposal. Mm-hmm. But that got voted down, and you have to think that part of the reason it got voted down is because the percentage of teams that have QBs that feel like they could make that on a regular basis are probably pretty small. True. Well, and then there's the overriding sentiment that I think was echoed by one voice saying, you know, what are we, the Arena League? No, maybe, but it would still be safer for the players and it'd be more fun for the fans. Uh, that's true. And, and let and me, let me bounce this me. off of you. I, and I think it's a big thing for the NFLPA too. So like when you're talking about redesigning the overtime, my whole thing is, okay, you want to have pressure. You want to be, give an equal opportunity, right? But I know the NFLPA wants to limit snaps and they don't, they don't want extra time. It has an effect on player safety and, and player health. So just between you and me and the, everybody listening, what if it just came down to a simple one possession each? Do what you do. If your defense wins, the other team still has to get the ball and score. Well, and it was echoed by some that if the Chiefs rule uh, passes, that it's possible that they will consider uh, not taking the ball first at that point and deferring again. Because at that point, then you know what you have to do on offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that could be a fantastic thing for Kansas City moving forward. Uh, you know, all of this really is getting away from the central topic of what we really wanted to discuss today. It does talk about Mahomes, but going back to the roster specifically, if you can get him a legitimate threat on the outside, a good tight end, and a good running game, the offense is going to be pretty good with Patrick Mahomes at the helm. He is not going to need a bunch of high-priced players on the offense. Now, you're going to have to spend money, but you're going to have to be wise how you spend your money because Mahomes is going to be getting a new deal probably next year, which would be the smart thing to do for them because it allows you to spread the cap hit against his rookie deal uh, for the proration of the bonus for the first two years. So it actually makes him cheaper if you sign him next year. Probably, yeah, but we don't know what the new CBA is going to look like. So I, I have the sneaking suspicion they could be trying to wait it out a little bit, you know, to see what that's going to look like. Well. And that's possible, but I have a hard time believing that it's not going to get done next year because the new CBA, I think the money is going to go way up. Uh, and I, if I you agree. pay, if you pay him and you give him enough guaranteed money, I bet you he would sign a contract. And at that point, maybe you, you end up having a steal because at that point, the CBA goes way up and he's underpaid again. Uh, I mean, be. that's a possibility. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, to to his benefit, if you pay him enough up front, maybe he's okay with that because that'll give him the best chance to win a Super Bowl. But my whole focus and my whole point of this conversation is what Kansas City has had for the past, for almost all of Andy Reid's tenure, is very specifically defensive players that were your alpha, your alpha male type players and that were being the leaders in the locker room. Now, I'm not saying that they're not going to have any alpha male type players on defense. What I am saying is almost all of those guys that have been here since Andy Reid has been here are now gone. You have a completely different locker room, and your ace in the hole, your one leader that's going to be 
the overriding voice of your locker room is going to be Patrick Mahomes. True. I mean, you have to have defensive leaders. You have to have somebody that can rally those troops that can inspire from that unit. But, but you're right. You don't have the eldest statesmen's being the guys on the defensive side. It's now going to be, and especially when you consider who's going to take that place, everyone seems very differential to uh, what Mahomes is, what he can do, even those that will end up being the core and the leadership on the defense. Yep. And, you know, Hitchens may be a leader. Uh, I think Matthew's going to take a step up and be a leader as well. So I think the defense will have leaders. I'm not saying they won't. I'm just saying you look at who they've replaced. Justin Houston is gone. Eric Berry is gone. Uh, obviously, Derek Johnson and Tom Bahali are gone. All of those big core leaders that you've had on this roster for so long are gone. And now it is a new day. Yeah, and it's not just getting younger, although I think that's a significant portion of it. But just looking at this last roster from 2018, both of your best pass rushers are gone. And D Ford was never going to be a vocal leader. He's not an alpha type. His personality type doesn't fit that. But Houston and Barry certainly do. And now you've cleared the way where your young stars, you, you went and got Matthew on purpose because you wanted the guy. And I think the Chiefs have to feel like they have Chris Jones in the locker room already. And while he's kind of a jovial um, you know, lightener of the mood. I think as he gets older, especially once he signs a second contract, that's going to be a serious contract. You can look to him to be a guy that's going to push the defense as well. Oh, I absolutely believe that the Chiefs are are looking at just or sorry, not Justin Houston at Chris Jones and thinking if they pay him, he's going to be the vocal leader of that defense. And yes, he is jovial, but I have no doubt in my mind that he's going to be willing to take on that role uh, because he's going to be paid to be taking on that role. Uh, and there's one, and I'm not trying to say that all the players are about money, but players respect money. And when you get paid, like you're one of the best players at your position, people will follow you regardless. Uh, and that's just the way it is. So, uh, we do need to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about this a little bit more in depth and really talk about the structure of the roster and how this is going to change. We have a powerful new feed to tell you about. Check out Locked On NFL Net on Twitter. It is all the inside information from our hosts for all the Locked On shows for all of the NFL teams in one Twitter feed. That's LockedOnNFL.net on Twitter. Check that out today. All right. So we kind of touched on what offensively they will need. Uh, you, you look at, you know, obviously we don't know what's going to happen with the Tyree Kill situation. That's still up in the air. But I think they're going to be looking to get another pass catcher uh, that can be young and they can groom with Mahomes. Maybe it's Sammy Watkins that they plan on having if he can stay healthy. Uh, maybe it's a, a young tight end or they're going to draft somebody uh, as a young stud wide receiver that they can use. But I do think that that's going to be a focal point for them moving forward is finding a young guy that they can pair with Mahomes that's going to be here for the next four, five, six years. I agree. And I don't know which direction they'll go, but I will say I think I know the type that they're going to go because they have been consistent on both sides of the ball in emphasizing two things, versatility and toughness. And you can you can say whatever you want about Tyreek Hill. The guy goes up for balls. He gets hammered around. He's a smaller dude, and he's tough. I think that's what they're going to be looking for. And I think when you talk about Drafting wide receivers, I think versatility is something that you have to look at as well because Andy Reid wants his wide receivers to play all three positions. He doesn't want to get pigeonholed. He doesn't want to give anything away to the defense based on alignment. 
And I completely understand that. And I think for, for folks that are, that are shouting at me about guys like DK Metcalf and like Butler and guys that have glaring holes in their game, particularly with those two in, in, in lateral agility, uh, versus some guys that, that can do a little bit of everything. I think that's probably what this staff and this front office is looking for guys that can do a little bit of everything. They might be smaller. Um, they might not be the, the alpha Megatron type. Um, they may be, maybe they feel some of these guys, uh, that are the, the bigger body receiver can, can do more than we've seen on film to this point. But I think at the end of the day, that's the number one thing they're going to be looking for on offense. Yep. And they're going to look to surround Mahomes with talents on offense. And that's going to be a little bit harder going forward because you're not going to be able to bring in free agents in the next couple of years. You're going to be up against the cap a little bit more uh, because you're going to be paying Mahomes as much as you're going to be paying him. But that's all part of why they did what they did with the roster now because they want to get the cap space and the availability to do some of the things that they're going to need to do in the future. Uh, are they still going to make a move, a big move? Possibly. Um, it wouldn't shock me if they go out and make a big move. They have the cap space. They have the draft capital to do it. And they don't have so many glaring holes that they have to fill them in the draft. So I do think it's something that you could, you could see Kansas City go and make a move and maybe trade a couple of picks for a proven veteran if it's the right fit. That said, yeah. It's not going to be somebody they're going to be having here for four or five years. It's probably going to be a guy that's going to be here for two or three at the most. Yeah. And that, and that's the problematic part. That's what makes it tough to pull the trigger sometimes is, um, because, you know, with especially a number one draft pick, definitely number two, you're going to have four years of X player. So trading those away for maybe two, maybe three seasons is a little bit difficult, except for the fact that no matter who you draft, there's a learning curve and especially at the positions on the defense that the Chiefs need, there's definitely going to be a learning curve for whoever you draft. Even if you were to pull something crazy and trade into the top 10 again, uh, there's still not as many. There might be five instant starter impact players in this draft. And, you know, that's the big thing for me when you look at this draft. Everybody tells me that we need so much defensive help. I don't see it. I'm not saying they don't need defensive help. I don't see them needing all eight draft picks for defense. I don't see them needing uh, more than three or four draft picks for defense unless they trade up to go and get somebody that they really want. Uh, you're just not going to get somebody that's going to be able to plug in and start right away in this draft. Uh, that's just not the way Andy Reid does things, and it's not the way the Chiefs have done things. So the thought that they need to use all their draft picks on dra on defensive guys I don't expect that this year. Um, I got it last year, but I definitely don't expect it this year because I do think that they're also counting on guys that they've drafted in the past couple of years to step up. Well, see, I disagree with you. Uh, whether Andy uses them as rookies or not, I think Brett Veach has enough in his ear, particularly because it's about the other side of the ball from what Andy is, is you know, specific about what and how he's going to use guys. I think they still need to keep stocking. I think Breland Speaks pick was, was, Deliberate. I feel like, and I'm not arguing about pick was deliberate. I'm arguing that they're not that you're not going to go get four instant starters on the defense. You're not going to go find four guys that can start on this defense in the draft this year. Well, that's my point. Maybe, maybe on this defense you can. Uh, maybe not okay, across where? the league, given given the holes, uh, corner, edge, middle linebacker, and safety. 
all those positions are weak enough that you can find starters in the top three rounds. On an average defense, I wouldn't say that, but the Chiefs were pretty bad at those four positions last season. Well, I guess I disagree. I, I have a hard time believing that they're going to find a corner that's going to step in and be better than what they have, at least to start the season. Uh, now maybe it's somebody that can grow into what they have already, uh, but I think they're at least in a position where you know corner is okay. Safety, I, I will give you middle linebacker, okay, but are you going to be able to find that guy that's going to be the guy that they're going to want in this defense? I don't know if they can or not. Uh, and uh, not you, without spending a bank. <laughs> right. And, and if you're going to do that, you're going to be giving up, having a chance of getting other guys. So that's really where the question becomes is, is how are you going to fill all these holes? And I don't think that you can fill all of the holes that you want to fill in one draft. And that's why I don't think it, it matters if you have eight picks that go defense. Uh, it's not going to help you this year. It's going to help you maybe in the future if they can develop, but they need guys that can help them this year. Uh, and I think you can get one or two or maybe three of those that can step in and, and start and maybe even four if you get lucky and find the right fit. Um, but I do think that they're going to go on offense as well, just because I think that they want to be able to help Patrick Mahomes and they want to be able to develop an offense for the future because past night 2019, you have a lot of question marks at a lot of different positions. Uh, you're going to have a question mark at wide receiver. You you don't really have a question mark at tight end right now, but you kind of do because you don't have a tight end too. And Kelsey is getting up there in age. You, I would think he still plays three years, but who knows? Um, yeah. An injury can happen at any time. Yeah. I agree with you. I think at the end of the day, I don't think this team takes eight selections, which is what they have right now. Um, I think they take six, maybe seven. Um, and I do think at least two of those are on offense. Yeah. Well, and that is really kind of where I want to go with this. I, I just think that it's, you look at what they're going to do this year and how they're building, and you have to realize that they're building everything around Mahomes, and he's going to be the focal point of the build uh, moving forward. And Kansas City hasn't been in this position ever, or at least not in 40 years. Yeah, uh, far too long. So, and it's it's important because it changes the the way the rest of the team gets built and what you can do. And again, I I agree with you. I think I think this is all about getting yourself stable to see what happens with the CBA. True. And I think it also I think another big key is with Mahomes at the helm and on offense, your defense doesn't have to be top three. And I think that helps. And I think that also helps because they're going to have the ability to be more aggressive knowing that if, okay, they gave up a quick touchdown, it's not a big deal because Mahomes is going to be able to go out and get another one. Uh, so I, you know, I do think that that Spagnolo is going to use that in his back pocket knowing that, yeah, you don't want to give up a ton of points. And I get that, but aggression isn't necessarily the worst thing. And being aggressive is one of the ways that I think they're going to take advantage and maybe get the offense more time, more chances. Yeah, and I think they have to. And I think uh, likewise on the on the offensive side, I think there is some aspect to it where you have to learn to slow things down every now and then so that you can grind out a win and not score too fast to give the ball up to somebody else and put that pressure back on the defense like we saw, what, five, six games in 2018? Yep. Yeah, and the defense just couldn't hold. Uh, and that's a, And that's a problem. Uh, and I do think that's also part of, you know, you look at why getting younger is so important on the defense. Well, part of it is because when you start having more and more role players that can step in and, to, and do different roles, 
you're able to spread out the snaps a little bit more. And I think Kansas City really struggled last year uh, with some players that just really couldn't take the number of snaps that they needed them to. Uh, and and I hopefully they'll they'll be able to you know change that up a little bit this year. And with as aggressive as I expect Spagnuolo to be, and with as many different types of blitzes as he's going to be sending, uh, I do think it's going to help the defense as well. Yeah, I have to agree. I'm looking forward to seeing how he deploys the alignment once we find out what the roster is going to look like. Well, that is going to be it for us today. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Chiefs. Check out my work at RGR Football on YouTube, Chris's work on LockedOnChiefs.com, and all of Seth's film analysis at TheAthletic.com. Thanks for listening.